Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment, podcast number 104. John Opaluski, our mentor, tour mentor, and friend is here with us today. John, how are you? Hey, Jim, I'm doing well. It's super good to be with you today. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I'm excited about today because I think, you know, we were kind of closing out Pod 103, how to, how to hire well, having all the, the grid to, to ask the right questions. But if you hire the right person and you, you use them the wrong way, they're not going to stay. And one of the things that I, I wanted for my kids growing up was a youth pastor that was there from the beginning to the end. A children's mm-hmm. pastor was there from the beginning to the end. There really is something to longevity, uh, longevity in this. Um, a group's pastor that stays for 20 years knows more about the groups in that community, the one that's there for 20 minutes. So we, we do get better if we do this well over time. And uh, I just, I'm looking forward to this. So take us away, staff retention, do's and don'ts, episode 104. All right. So uh, I think failing to retain key staff uh, can hurt an organization on multiple levels. It can hurt a, an organization financially. Yeah. And I think we talked about that um, uh, last in, the, in our last episode. Um, there's a loss of time. Uh, there's a loss of uh, credibility. And, uh, and you know, uh, when it comes to retaining staff, I'd like to throw out this quote from J. Donald Walters, because I think it's a good quote. He, he says this, leadership is an opportunity to serve. Yeah. It's not a trumpet call to self-importance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't know if I came into pastoral leadership without understanding, Jim. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I ex- by the time I exited that, I got it. But I didn't start out that way. Um, I had a pastor tell me this the other day. I thought it was so fascinating, Jim. He said, you know, for, for many years, I always felt like um, people were there to serve my mission, my vision, my, and, and there's truth to that, right? Yeah. But he says, as I've grown as a leader, I've seen more and more that my role is to help people achieve their purpose, Perfect. you know, their understand their why. And I thought that was such a mature thing that I heard him say, what do you think about that thought before we really jump into the I think that God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do Ephesians 2.10. Then you get to Ephesians 4.10 and God gives us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service. Right. So the same Aragon work in, in 2.10 it's the same word, Aragon works in, in Ephesians 4. So, I, yeah, our ministries are their ministries. Our success yeah. is only through their success. And if you look at the model that Jesus uses, David uses, Moses uses, the, the shepherd and the sheep, I'm, I'm not here to eat mutton. I'm here to produce big, fat, fluffy, healthy, happy, <laughs> prospering. You know, I'm, the green pasture is not for me. The still water is not for me. It's for the prosperity of those that I lead. But mm. I also serve. I'm the leader of the sheep, but I lead them by serving them. Right. Because I have a perspective, you know, because I'm six foot one and they're they're three foot zero. So I, I get to see a little bit farther. I get to see the wolves. I I I think it's a wonderful way to live. Yeah. yeah. So I'd like to share uh, some retention ideas with our yeah. listeners and watchers today. If you if you've got a great people on your team and you want to keep them, and Jim, I try to operate like this to the best of my ability with the Converge Coaching Team. I'm on your um, team. Yeah. And um, I don't do it 100% all the time, but I want to. I want to. 
I, I want to get to that place where this, I'm just totally consistent. Um, let me, sh we'll throw out a few ideas here and then we can just talk about some of them. Uh, here's the first, if you want to retain staff, they, the first thing I think is important to understand is they need a good relationship with you. Yes. Yeah, they do. The most important relationship you have at work is the one with the person you report to. Yeah. So talented people, great staff members typically don't leave organizations. They leave bad bosses. Yes. True. So true. Yeah. And so becoming a better boss, what does that look like? Well, there's, there's tons of material out there on how to be a better boss. Yeah. Uh, spend some time reading and learning how to develop that part of your leadership. So just building, you know, Jim, I think retaining staff, there's such a relational aspect to that. Huge. It matters, you know, that people know you, you care, that they can come to you, they can talk to you, that you're actually interested in them beyond what they produce for you at work. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's important. Um, here's another retention strategy, and that's clarity. Yeah. Uh, clarity about expectations, about performance, about deadlines, yeah. um, e even clarity about the future. I, I think, and I, I'm interested what you think about this one, Jim, clarity reduces your team's stress. Yes. What do you think about that? Yeah. If you tell me the rules of the game and how to win, and then I score a goal, I celebrate it. Yeah. If you don't tell me that that's how you score a goal, or I need 10 goals before it's celebrated, that's not fair. I Don't, don't leave me guessing as to what, what we call success around here, what we call failure around here. I actually have a, a guideline. It's a, a user's manual for being on my team. Mm. So and it's got some pretty weird stuff in there. But like number one is I'm quirky. <laughs> And, and if you try to change that in me, we'll both find the experience unpleasant because I, I've always been quirky and I doesn't mean I'm inconsistent, but I, I, I may step in on your meeting and sit down and listen to what you're doing because I'm interested in what you're doing. And I, yeah. I may never walk into a meeting. Don't be offended either way. I'm just, I, I'm a little bit hard to predict, but I, but I promise you at all times, I'm, what I'm working for is you're good. I'm not looking over your shoulder critically or, you know, so just, just that clarity of expectation. And I think that the other one too, a good relationship. I go golfing with my, one of my staff members. I'm doing a book study with one of my staff members. Mm -hmm. I'm going to a, a long range distance uh, shooting match on Friday with another one. Like they're, what they're interested in, I try to be interested in. But I'm interested, I invite them to come along. So if I'm going fishing and I don't have two guys in my boat with me, why, you know, I, I, I'd rather two of my guys go with me. It's a little bit difficult with female staff members, but my yeah. wife does that. So I, I think clarity and relationship. I know there's a lot of other things in your list. Yeah. You get those two things right. There's a lot of change in your pocket for anything else that you get wrong. I think so. And I think that's correct. Here's the third one, per permission to speak freely. Yeah. Um, you know, when a staff member, when a person on your team can respectfully tell you what's on their mind without being afraid. Yeah. Um, whether uh, it's a great idea they want to share or some constructive criticism, they will absolutely love working alongside you. Yeah. And um and, and I know that for me, I've had to develop that, Jim. I didn't come to the leadership table understanding how to receive constructive criticism very well. Um, and, I, and it was because I was insecure. There was, there was a deep insecurity in me as a young guy. Yes. And, um, and I found that constructive criticism, I always interpret it through the lens of personal criticism. You know, you're not good enough. What's wrong with you? You don't have all the answers. Well, right. God never intended for me to have all the answers. And, but I didn't know that as a 22 year old, I thought I was supposed right. to, 
know everything. And so letting people, and, and I, and this permission to speak freely is not permission to speak disrespectfully. I'm not encouraging that. I, I see a trend of that um, among younger leaders that, that there, there can be this sense of disrespect. And um, that's, let me just say this to young leaders, that's not going to get you anywhere, but out the door. Um, There is a way to share criticism. There's a way to share your point of view and it has to be done with respect and uh, with the good of the organization in mind. Yeah. Um, Can I also say this? I think yeah, sometimes, please. you know, with the insecurity, sometimes people do mature to a place yeah. where they, they do have a good vantage point to see how to, how to make things better. Yes. And, and I've, some people are critical. Some people, they're getting even with you because the sins of your predecessors, their first name was pastor too, that kind of stuff. But sometimes yeah. it's, sometimes God's preparing them to lead. So they, they start to kind of design the organization that God's preparing for them Correct. And, and it's, it's almost like an adolescent phase of maturity. I don't, I don't mean to mm. demean them like they're immature, but, but I, when I see my guys starting to say, you know, if I were the pastor, I think I'd do this or talk more about that. I take them to lunch and say, well, let's talk about you being a pastor because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan. It, and it isn't a threat. Like if you want to keep criticizing me, you're out the door. It's like, <laughs> but, you know, if you're, if you're starting to envision, if, if something on your heart is, is there, I want to hear about it because I'm a, and I say that I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. If God's put a dream in your heart, you know, again, I'm here to prepare God's people for works of service. Right. If you know, you didn't use this place, but you know, there aren't many 80 year old youth pastors. So we are going to graduate some staff members, other things. And I want them to know they can share their heart with me, even if it comes off as, as corrective, I I would never do that. I would do this. I'd say, why? And listen to them. Sometimes they don't know. I would sell the building and just go portable. But by the time we added up all the rental space, it was twice as much as the mortgage payment. Yeah. But they didn't know that. That that's one thing. That's teachable. The other thing, sometimes though, it's 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 time to go. And in a good way, we graduate people. We don't Correct. fire them. You know. Yep. So so that's I, I think an important piece of retaining staff. Uh, letting here's another one. Letting your staff do what they're best at. Oh, um, while at the same time resisting that temptation to to hover. Yeah. Um, uh, can I encourage you, if you have a staff, give them space to use their gifts. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean you can't offer helpful suggestions or perspective, but, but please resist the temptation to redo their work for them. You know, there, there are some helicopter bosses who micromanage their staff and, and they get in the way of the tasks. They, they don't trust their staff's capability and, and I think their intention is good, Jim. I really do. But their actions lend to yeah. a revolving door because most talented, self-respecting, character-filled leaders don't want micromanagement. No. It slows everything down. And, and, and one of my favorite pastors, by the way, that I ever worked for, this was the issue. And before I sent a note to say, hey, it was great grabbing a Coke with you the other day. Let's do it again real soon. He had to read it to see what was there, who it was sent to, what are the ramifications? Have you considered this? Have you? And I, I finally told him, I said, listen, I think there's like 30 kids. I said, if a month from now, there aren't 60 kids and everybody's happy, I'll give you my resignation. But if there are, I'll make you a bet. Stay out of my way. Let me do my thing. And, and a month from now, if the youth group hasn't doubled and everybody's happy, I'll resign. If not, then we have a, we have a new working agreement, which is I... I have a little bit more autonomy. I'm not waiting for you to get back from a hospital visitation where I can leave right. an envelope and send it. Because at the end, I'm not going to send a thank you note. I, I'm just going to 
I'm going to, I'm going to ignore that part because it takes too long to your, your tutelage. And a month sure. later we had 70 kids. He was happy. I was happy. And, and it was good. It was that constructive. Yes. You know, it wasn't like you're, you're micromanaging and I hate you. I'm going to quit. It was, I'll make you a deal. And he bought it. He went for the deal. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, I, I it. and I think you raise a good point there, Jim, you know, that I think that the, the, um, and this is not to bosses, this is to employees right now. This, sentence is you have in some ways you got to earn that yes yeah right so if you do good work chances are your boss won't micromanage you as much now again there are exceptions to that sure. but generally speaking if you do your job well and, and you do things on time and they're done uh you know with uh with all of the parameters that matter yeah. um, chances are you'll get more rope and yes. uh, over time you know, by the time I was in year four of being a youth pastor at Saginaw First Assembly, my pastor had given me more rope than any lead pastor should ever give <laughs> a youth pastor. But yeah. we built trust. Yes. And uh, so that took time. Let me give you a few more real quick, because yeah, I think we're coming against time here. Uh, if you want to retain staff, make sure they have the right tools to get their job done. You know, training, resources. One thing the, the business world tends to do better than the church world is providing great training, ongoing training for their people. Um, uh, appreciation, yeah. showing appreciation. You know, I, I think when you commend a job well done, what you're doing is you're creating organizational glue. Yeah. You know, paying attention, not just to a job well done, paying attention to birthdays and anniversaries and national fill in the blank, you know, kind of days, Yeah, yeah. create a culture of appreciation. And, and I think most people stay where they're appreciated. Yes. And, and I think, I think of appreciation as a deposit, a relation in the relational bank, it builds trust. It, and, and, and Jim, when the time comes for a hard conversation, I've got a lot of change. Yeah in my pocket with that person. And it's a, it's a lot better chance that that constructive conversation, that difficult conversation will be better received. Yeah. What do you think about the appreciation one? Cause I think this one's so important. I'd like you, you know, just I, to I, share with me. I just me. want to flip the paradigm from boss and employee to, to parents and, and child. If okay. You I don't mean to sure. make that like they're, they're inferior, they're younger, they're immature, but you know, I, if I'm going to discipline my son, I should have probably shown up the three of his wrestling practices played golf with him, uh, asked him how his day was and listened intently, had, you know, shared meals. And I say, Hey, you, you know, with the way you spoke to your mother the other day disturbed me because we're gentlemen and you were a little aggressive with her. And I, I want you to apologize. Contact with me, but. It, hey, Jim. Was, hey, Jim, yeah, you, you kind of stopped there for a minute. Ah. You said, just come back in that last 30 seconds. Um, yeah. Share that again, because so, I think it was the, important the what I'm going to say. Yeah, the, the, the thought of employee, employer, I think is an inferior and maybe even not biblical. Um, mm. it's, it's good language. I know what I know what we're all talking about. Yeah. But, but a father um, to a child is maybe a better analogy because we're talking Love about people's lives, not just livelihoods. So if yes. you're building a car, there's bosses, employees. If you're building a church, there's brothers and sisters, there's spiritual fathers and mothers. So I think, I think keeping that in mind, if I'm, if all I ever do is call my son in and tell him what he did wrong, he's not going to want to be with me. If I played golf with him, if we, we took family vacations together, if we shared a dozen meals and I say, Hey, I want to bring this one thing to your attention. And that one thing is you're a little bit rude to your mom. And that's not the way that we can men treat women. You know, that's mm -hmm. not, our, that's not our culture. 
And I'm going to ask you now to apologize and make things right. And it's a teachable moment from a father, yep. not a, you know, if you ever talk to somebody that way again, you're fired. Right. You know, we don't, we don't treat our sons in, in a fired, hired way. We're, we're responsible for their long-term, you know, right. and our daughters as well. I only have sons. That's why I say sons, but sure. you know, I, I, so I think, I think expanding it beyond just the parameters of employee employer to yep. family, you know, we're to treat each other like family, which means I'm directly responsible for their maturity in some right. way. Yep. Yeah. That's so good. And, and uh, that, that term spiritual family, I've heard several churches use that to describe their staff. Yeah. And um, that doesn't mean they don't hold each other accountable. Right. Uh, that yeah. doesn't mean that sometimes there's departures. Yeah. Um, but that whole thought process, I love, I appreciate you bringing that up and pushing up on that so much. Um, you know, you might be listening or watching today and say, well, why does all this matter? You know, why, why did Jim and John spend 20 minutes talking about retaining staff? Uh, why should I work hard at that? Well, first of all, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Let's just say that it's, yeah. it's just the right thing to do. Yeah. And secondly, because listen really closely, a players don't grow on trees. Yeah. And if you want a talented team around you, you're going to have to learn how to cultivate this relationship that, encompasses all of these aspects that we shared today. Um, being better at making the place you guys serve together in a great place yeah. to serve, a wonderful place to serve. I had one job in the corporate world gym where I had to spend, I, this is no exaggeration, for a year, I had such a bad boss. For a year, I spent 20 minutes on my sitting up in bed, talking myself into going into work oh. every day. I mean, in retrospect, I should have left uh, long before that. But man, that relationship was broken yeah. and there was nothing I could do to repair it. Um, you know, A players don't grow on trees. And thirdly, if you get this right, it will save you a ton of leadership capital and financial capital as well. So for all those reasons, it really matters uh, how you approach this most important subject. Yeah. And I would say, John, too, it's not like, hey, do this on Monday and then forget about it. This has to be part of your culture. This, this has to be ingrained. And again, if you take care of your people really well, they take care of their people really well. Mm -hmm. it, it, it creates a culture. I, I know a church, you know, I, you, you're a part of the staff there. But one of the things about their culture that's always stood out to me is no one criticizes. Uh, they confront, they talk, they, they resolve. But no one sits back and goes, yeah, that pastor or that staff member. It wouldn't right. be tolerated by the average member. That's and right. I, I think that that starts in the pulpit. It goes on to the staff meeting. Mm -hmm. It goes on to the golf course and the bowling alley and the restaurants. But And then it filters down. So everybody has a, a healthy respect for everybody. And that's right. That, that, that's one of the most amazing cultures I've ever come in contact with. It was so... Yeah, me so too. Immune, so immunized from the common diseases of our day that it, it's uh, it's brilliant. And that's that's a part of this for sure. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, John, thank you for your time again today. I, I know we've we've used it all up, but it's been well used. And uh, I just I just hope everybody like if you're dealing with this and I got this, but I didn't get that. I need to talk to John more about this. How would they do that? It's very easy. Just go to convergecoach.com. Yeah. Click on the contact us link and then you can um you can just fill out a form. It's like a little three-line form. Send it to us, and you will. Uh, uh, we'll give you a call. We'll talk for thirty minutes, no charge, just to see if we can help. 
and, and you'll enjoy it. It'll be a good thing. I hope so. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is. It's just fun. So I, God bless you, our dear listeners and watchers. We hope to see you again soon as you continue to lead from a life.